Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Uh, my name's Julian Taylor, and I'm excited as always to be joined by my bald compadre. Langdon DeMint. It's good to see you, buddy. You did that in a very, very cool way, I've got to say. Appreciate that. Yeah, we are recording on the day after Halloween. Um, as any regular listeners will know, I'm a grumpy English guy who doesn't get that excited by Halloween. Langdon is an excitable American guy who does get excited by Halloween. So I've got to ask, I've got, I've got to ask, how did the evening go? What, what did you get up to? You know, it, it was actually really chilly here. Um, like we're in the I think it was in Tennessee. It was like in the forties last night. Okay, you're gonna have to translate that for for the English part of our audience. I'm better at going the other way than doing that math. Probably, what is ten degrees over there? What's ten? That's that's cool. Probably around ten to eleven. Yeah, ten under five fifty. Maybe a hair lower. That's probably hoodie <clears throat> and the jacket yeah. weather. And it was like in gloves. I mean, it was proper chilly, but we've already done. So we do these things called trunk or treats, you know, like at churches, school, whatever. So we'd already done th three of those. So I'm, I'm Halloween out. And the kids were going, dad, we've had enough. We want to go home. And you're going, no, 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 we're going to do more. <laughs> Daddy wanted to go home. Everybody else was like, come on, just a couple more. And then finally even Addie, you know, can we go home? You know, she was shivering. We're obviously we rode the golf cart. Man, yeah, the, you, you like your golf cart, don't you? The, yeah, and then I, a buddy of mine who lives not too far, he um, his daughter wanted to ride, so like, we'll take it for a spin. He gets back and he's like, "I got to get one." So see, that's you know, but it was good. We um, we did quite a bit of trick or treating, and now thank goodness it's over. I didn't dress up last night. I was done dressing up. I was, I did it for the trunk or treats. So I. All done. What was your costume? What was your costume then? It was Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Although it looked more like probably I was told by numerous people, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, probably because my muscles and things like that. But I do agree. You you hide those very well. I'll, I'll have to take a closer look next time. But wait, I need to ask you: Did you have any people in your cave? The great thing is about the cave, people are going to think I live in a cave now. The great thing about living in the cave or where we live in the cave is, you know, you have to come down the little drive and then round to the left. Nobody knows the house is here. So we don't get people knocking on the door. It's great. Caroline bought a bunch of sweets. No kids. I had to eat the sweets. <laughs> so the two of you were just trick-or-treating. So we just trick-or-treated ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Very good. <laughs> so I've I've got to ask the question, Lang. What what happens to the golf cart the rest of the year? No, oh, it's driven heavily. Yeah? Yeah. I need to get a, uh, you know, the winter, I'm sure you've seen it, the winter, um, like, bags you put over the side for weather and stuff. I need to get one of those, actually. But it's, we still drive. When it's super, you know, when it's January-ish, February, it might not get a lot of riding, but we... We drive it. Where'd you go in it? What do you mean? Where do I not go? 
go to the grocery store, go get my ice cream. I've done many drive throughs with the golf cart. <laughs> I've just got this picture in my head now of you going through the drive through Pretty spot on, actually. <laughs> yeah, so wherever. You know, if I don't feel like taking the truck out, take the golf cart. Um, I think I've got something missing in my life. <laughs> you you really do. Do you think we need to talk about safety? What do you got? What have I got? Um, well, I'll tell you what I've not got. I've not got a, a top, top, top tips for 2024, which is what happens every year, isn't it? Every single year, somebody comes out with the top tips. Um, in fact, most people do magazines, podcasts, they all do top tips. But we thought about we could just talk a little bit, couldn't we, about some of the things we could think about for next year um, without without calling it top tips. And and also we should probably specify it's because we're if we shift this, it's liable to really take off this phraseology, if you will, being the influencers that we are. So I just wanted to pref- I just wanted to preface that with this transition that we've come up with. So what we've got to do is we're not going to mention the word trend and we're not going to mention the word tip as we go through this as this go through this particular episode. But we could we we could think about some of the things we want to carry on doing, couldn't we? Um we'll do differently. Yeah. And and you're talking about being an influencer and and it makes me chuckle because I, and I've got to see whether you get the same experience that I get. So you know when you meet somebody maybe for the first time and they go and what what do you do and and you say i've got a podcast hmm. i don't say that so there's our Certainly. first <laughs> okay okay so so maybe they say what do you do at work and i might say well i do do a few things but including i've got a podcast um and and you can see them see they get all excited when you say you, you're part of a podcast and then you say they say the next question that inevitably comes is what's your podcast about and you say health and safety and instantly the look of excitement changes doesn't it and 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 it, and it's almost the rolling of the eyes and 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 i remember i was on a train i was on a train journey i was going down south i was on a train journey and this train was absolutely rammed because a load of trains had been cancelled so we ended up with this really bizarre situation where it was a table for four and there were three people sitting on the other side, including husband and wife. And then there's me and this lady sitting on, on, on my side of the table. And, and it's that inevitable conversation. You start talking to people. Um, and there's that inevitable conversation around what do you do? And, and, and I, it was so distinct with, with the people on that train. Cause I'd sort of mentioned podcasts and then health and safety and and immediately they just turned to the lady next to me and went, what do you do? And it was almost like, yes, that's incredibly boring, so we're not going to talk to you. So so I think one of the things we were thinking about was we're starting to think about how do we how do we carry on trying to change that perception? Um and, and what's the what's the effect of that perception on 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 this profession that we're that we're involved with? You should probably just for future, don't start off with the, I do a podcast and then, oh, it's health and safety. Say, I, I, if I throw it out, it's usually later. Like, oh, I'm a health and safety professional. What do you do? Oh, and then I get in and then if the conversation goes somewhere, then I'm like, yeah, hey, we, we have a podcast as well. It's, what are you talking about? I mean, and I, see, I, I go with, well, you know, the first few minutes are pretty light, just, you know, what's happening when in the world, what's something we did, you know, funny. I was like, it's pretty 
pretty jovial. And then we talk about something health and safety related and applied. So I make it not sound like we're discussing health and safety, Bueller. So it's, so it's my fault. It's my fault. We've got to change your approach to discussing the podcast. Okay, cool. I'll, I will try that and, and I will update our, our, our listeners on future pods in, in terms of how that's going. Yeah. I have been asked for one selfie so far, though. Which, yeah, which is, I think he's one more than you. Uh, yeah, it's probably true, actually. No, I'll agree with that <laughs> in regards to the podcast. I don't know whether I've said it on the pod before, but I do love it when I tell my grown-up kids that I'm a, I'm, I'm an influencer and they just look at me and roll their eyes and say, yeah, yeah, dad, whatever. Start small. But I think it's really, it is it is important, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've done it, uh, I've done it as a bit of an exercise before at, at, at a speaking engagement where, got everybody to just write down what they wanted to do when they were a kid or a teenager what 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 sort of jobs did they have in mind and how many do you think put health and safety professional down as as something that they wanted to do probably very few very few very very few yeah um and and then you the, the next part of that and and it's interesting and be interesting for any comments that we get on the back of this is is how did you get into health and safety? And most people fall into it by mistake or by accident. Yeah, I mean, I think about people like Simon Jones, who we had on uh, on the podcast, old, or old Big Mouth, as he prefers to be called sometimes. Um, but you talk to Simon, and he fell into it by mistake. Yeah, and he's such a big advocate now, but he fell into it by mistake, having left the police force. Well, and I think you know, I, th- I do think there's a lot of people now, especially in the states that depending on where they go to school, you know, there's a lot of schools that have excellent health and safety programs, you know, the environmental management, industrial hygiene. I mean, that's, I mean, you, which, you know, we talked about it. That's kind of how I got into it was a friend of mine on the board and at a, um, a grad program in occupational health and safety, industrial hygiene. And that was, I was kind of in that lag period of going for the optometry school and then, I went to visit. And I was like, you know, I kind of like this. I don't know. Things just seemed like they were, they were lining up. I was like, maybe, maybe this is where the good Lord's telling me I need to give her a whirl, you know, cause it was, since I was a little kid, my dream Jules was being an eye doctor so I could play a lot of golf. I'm just going to be honest. That was, <laughs> that was the plan. So instead I became a health safety professional and don't get to play as much golf. So here we are. Um, but I do think, it's something that more prevalence is coming about, especially in the States, just because it's good. You find a job. I mean, you know, at, at Murray State, they had an excellent, that's where I got uh, my master's. I, I want to say if you were willing to move, which, you know, for the job, it was like 100%. You were going to get a job when you were done. And it's a profession that is, it's needed. More, more people are needed. And it's only going it's only going to increase, whether it be from you know regulations or best practice, you know whatever you want to uh, tie it to. I think it's I think it's going to, but it's it's that aspect of how can we make it not the safety cop, right? How can we make it more more welcoming? Because then there's a whole burnout that's. I mean, we'll talk about it with our focus, but I think it's a great point. Um, trying to drive the dream of, of health and safety. Well, I think, I think, I think that the, 
so just thinking about that, it's it's actually what a lot of our guests have talked about, isn't it? Um, I mean, they they talk about how do we start to just change it, change that perception, so people want to get involved and, and and want to. So, how do we get that different sort of generation in? And and a lot of it is around the behaviours of of people who are safety professionals, isn't it? So, if you're seen as that that high vis clipboard wielding sort of fun policeman actually what you are going to do is you you're going to just keep reinforcing that image and a lot of the stuff we talk about where we talk about not making it about forms and process but actually getting to know people and building relationships with people so that you can just have good conversations with them about the way they do things is 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 sort of some of these these sort of simple things that we can start to do that change that perception I am just thinking in my head as well, you know what you're just talking about there. If you wanted to play lots of golf rather than training to be an eye doctor, why didn't you just train to be a better golfer and play lots of golf? Well, I was doing that too. See, that's the thing. But, you know, reality, when you're when I was in college, reality of like, you know, I was good, but if I was going to go next level, I needed to pretty much devote a lot more time than, so I think the, lazy realistic view came to feel another truth about it in retrospect i probably would have done things different but you know what here we are let's just move <laughs> look forward and Lindsay won't give me two years of solid practice is all i'm asking right now and he's good but he but he ain't no tiger hey well i might be now no i'm kidding <laughs> just kidding <laughs> that's true valid point so, so I think I think one of the things for for next year is 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 starting to think about right in in my business how do we in my organisation how do we start to change that perception around what what is safety and and why is it important um, and and I think another key part of that we've we've talked about this before is actually that personal value around safety. So why for a, a, an individual in an organization, maybe working on the shop floor somewhere, just doing a job, actually, what, what's in it for them? What's the value for them to do safety? And we've talked in, in previous pods about actually exercises you can do where you get them to think about what's important in their life and, and what could be the effect if they get it wrong around safety that stops them doing those things that they love, yeah? So actually, safety is not about business values. It's about personal values, yeah? And, and I think it's interesting because, you know, we, what we didn't want to call this and it's more where we want to put the focus. Don't say those words, no T words. Exactly. I'm not saying that it's where we need to put the focus going forward and maybe do things the same. It, you know, a lot of people get so caught up in, and looking at it from the, the, uh, trend word or whatever you want to say, you know, a lot of people get really caught up in that and it it's easy to do because that's the, you know, what we call quote unquote flavor of the month or flavor of the year or whatever. That's kind of their main goal. But when you do that, a lot of times I feel like you get caught, you, you get so caught up in that you miss other areas of potential growth. Right. And that's, that's why we, what, what we're discussing and how we want to improve it's, it's looking at where should we focus? Maybe it's what we're already focusing. You know, after, after the C word that, or the word that must not be named, people, they, 
however you want to say it, their focus maybe became um, C-word and just managing, making sure then people got vaccinated, making sure they could contact Trace, make sure, you know, which I'm not negating it, but it, you know, we talked about it. a lot of organizations got so focused on that. They quit focusing on the basic health and safety, the regulatory other. Well, I mean, that's a regulatory infection, but you know what I mean? The other regulatory. So we got so caught up on that. And all, I mean, if you want to call it a trend, whatever, but they started missing the other aspects. And then now we've come out of that. And really, where are we? We are where I didn't think we would be, but we're we're back. The new normal is pretty much the old normal. And I, I didn't think I really I, I think you and I were talking about this a little bit, but I really didn't think that would happen. I thought the new normal would be slightly different, but it's it's amazing though, isn't it? It's amazing that we can have it's pretty much the same. Yeah, absolutely world changing events, can't we? And then when we get through it, we just all sort of reset back to doing what we used to do before. Yeah. Um, Which is a powerful thing because that shows behavior that shows, you know, how people are. We find our comfort zone. A lot of things changed, but for a lot of company, the new normal still was reverting back to the the OG, if you will. So I think that's, as we kind of continue this conversation, I think that's something worthwhile. What we're, what we're wanting to discuss, it's very much where do we need, truly need to focus that, that we can help expand on what we're already doing. I think kind of building on that point is, is trying to get people to do things differently. It, what, what we have to do is we have to, we have to, we have to be repetitive. It's, it's really interesting because because my my role, a big part of my sort of day day to day role, when I'm not being a, a an influencer on a podcast, and I am I am smiling at myself there, um, it is actually around coaching. It's around coaching members of our team, um, and 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 the biggest thing that I see all the time is we have to just be repetitive and keep telling people stuff because they don't people don't get things the first time they don't they don't sometimes get it six seven eight times you've you've got to keep going until it just becomes habit um and i suppose the coaching piece is the bit i love most about my job obviously apart from getting to talk to you every couple of weeks um but pretty regular don't lie but but i love I'm not, yeah, yeah, I love that time. Um, but I, I love the coaching side. I love that spending time with people and, and sort of helping them to sort, sort of look at how they do things and how they could change the way they do things. Um, and, and again, I think that's that's a big, that should be a big focus for safety professionals is how do I just free up more more of my time to just go and spend time talking with people? Um, and, and getting to really understand them, getting to really understand what they do, how they do it, and and being able to help them to think about how they might do it differently. Um, and and a, another big part of that one, and we've talked about this a lot, Langdon, is is the knock on effect, the ripple effect of actually doing that in terms of just creating a better overall culture in a business, not safety culture, actually by showing that interest in people and and spending that time talking with people 
it starts to just create that overall better business culture that that has a knock-on effect in terms of quality, in terms of production, all sorts of things, because people are more engaged with the organisation that they work for. I think safety safety can make their role bigger and 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 make and, and evidence that if if they can start to free themselves up from paperwork and and process and forms and actually get more time to spend just with with people yeah no i agree and i think that to me so if we're if we're saying the focus there's our one and two i guess or maybe compound one whatever <clears throat> thinking about not making it a tick box exercise but being more influential when it comes to health and safety which to me really ties to the next one that we've we discussed and that's the mental health aspect and it's because and i think we saw this before the c word more you know that mental health the total worker health the wellness the well-being all that was really coming into play more so and it it seemed like it was probably trending more with the younger generation but some older and and trying to figure out how can we meet in the middle and honestly if anything i think C-word kind of helped bridge that. I, I do think that, which was um, a byproduct that was very, that was more positive. But now I think more than ever, there is a cognizance of that. And it seems like people are more getting on board with how can we manage the worker better? And, and you know, I don't want to dive too deep into this just because I'm subtitle. We will have a follow-up in a few weeks We've got something exciting coming on yeah, this, coming this topic, this. So haven't we? Yeah. We don't want to go. Yeah. We don't want to dive too far, but no, no, no. I think it's. I think it's worth noting. It's it's becoming a problem, and it's not in a negative way. But um, I guess some organizations. But I mean, it's something we have to figure out as health and safety professionals. How can we better manage workers? Because we know if there's a you know if you're think about it if when you came to work tired, for example, stressed out your kid was up all night or whatever, there is an, there's a runoff that it's typically, it's pretty difficult to be focused when you're just kind of tired. And especially if I'm in a strenuous or a high hazard job, that, that's, that's dangerous. So for the safety professional, then I have to not just make sure that I've empowered and that they're ready to do their job safely. So they're ready to start safe. But then when you throw that mix a lot of times I don't know what, you know, I don't know, Jules, I don't know what your, how your night was. Did you and Caroline get into a fight? Did something happen? You know, you don't know that when you show up at work. You know, we never fight. I you know, know we but let's, fight. let's hypothetical scenario. Let, you know, I don't know that. And I'm assuming you're coming to work ready to go and just, and that's, I think the challenge that we have to, what we have to figure out is how can the health and safety professional be aware or maybe maybe it's extra cognizant. I don't know what the right phrase would be, but for everybody that's doing their job and then how do they better work with HR? So, you know, there's certain things that HR can't tell health safety, or, you, know, you know how that will go down that road, but they have to then figure out how to work better for the people. And that's, that's a challenge. And I think a lot of organizations are, are at that point of, and if they're not, honestly, they should be thinking about that because one of the best ways to ensure that everyone's healthy, safe, ready to do the job is that they're prepared to physically and emotionally do the job. It's, it, 
I, th- I still think, I think uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? When when COVID hit, I think there became this uber focus on on mental health and 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 check ins and and because people were all of a sudden weren't coming into a into a work environment, they were working from home and and I think that I think we have gone backwards again. I think again it's that settling back down into what's the norm. I think people talk about mental health, but again, I think I think we can still do more. Um, again, we've got we've got an episode coming up where we're going to talk about this specifically. Um, but again, that whole coaching piece—it almost I'm just thinking aloud here—is is almost that coaching piece, just talking to people a lot, building relationships, puts you in a far better position to to understand actually wh- where somebody is 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 mentally because I think. It's that classic thing of if you're my manager and we just have managerial type interactions, actually, I'm never going to feel that comfortable to say I'm struggling. That's why you have to drive camaraderie. Well, you need camaraderie. And camaraderie, actually, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I was talking about what's the difference between a manager and a coach. Um, and, and one of the big things you could really distill it down to is actually a manager tells and a coach asks. Um, so a coach is questioning and but but actually a coaching relationship is very different to a manager a manager relationship isn't it um no. so i think again it shouldn't be but it should, many, yeah it shouldn't but it but it often is isn't yeah. it and so i think if we can sort of have that slightly different approach in terms of right how do we how do we interact with people and actually spend when we go and talk to them, actually make sure it's sincere and, and we and we want to spend that quality time with them to properly understand what's going on in their world. Because I think we've talked about this before, is there is an absolute correlation, isn't there, between the mental state of an individual and the likelihood of something happening in terms of safety. The health and safety are, are, are just intrinsically linked, aren't they? So if I come to work and I'm tired and I'm not in a good frame of mind, my focus isn't where it needs to be in terms of right. How am I going to do this job today? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's why that's where we're kind of shifting to maybe the next focus in addition to yeah, SIF. But the the importance of HOP, you know, human organization performance, and that's a struggle because you know we talk about our maturity model. So maybe I'm beelining slightly, slightly, but not everyone is going to feel like they are prepared to talk about human and organizational performance and actually looking at the, uh, if you want to call it the behavioral aspect of, of workers, which alludes and, you know, ties right into many times the mental health. So a lot of people aren't prepared. A lot of organizations aren't prepared to do that. And if they're, you know, more on the reactive side, they're trying to work their way to compliance. I will say that it's still pretty advantageous for them to start thinking about that. Yes, I know that's typically a very, very much a proactive approach, but just think about the way you're doing things, the way you're managing things. Uh, and I think you start seeing that if we understand that all our employees, just to what you said a minute ago, all employees, it's, you know, health and safety, it's on the ground. We get caught up in thinking, well, I'm the safety professional, which means, organizations looking at me at being safety. I, I mean, I am, but my job is to really empower, put, yes, make sure we have the programs, the processes, you know, yada, yada in place and empower people. But 
I can't. Yeah, your printer's going. It's been pretty crazy watching things just slowly come beside you. Um, I've, I've got to say, we're showing this is a genuine, genuine real podcast here is that Caroline has decided to print a 72-page document right in the middle of when I'm recording a podcast. I knew it wasn't you, but I've seen a lot of stuff come out. And I was like, man, somebody. And I, I, I assumed it was Caroline somewhere just printing it up. Jules, could you get the paper for me? <laughs> but... but <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a. I'm gonna have to just turn the printer off next time we record, aren't we? So. I couldn't hear it. I just saw it. So you're good. Um, but I do think there is something. There's something to that because if organizations start really thinking about how they can be more ingrained in their employees and how can we maximize, how can I ensure that you know Jenny is ready to do the job? You know, we're we're putting a lot into to her and the process. And we're empowering her and giving her that truly start safe mindset. Even if you don't have a lot of the things built in yet, you're still trying to create that robustness or whatever you want to call it, health and safety. You, you start seeing, I think you'll start seeing quicker change, right? And getting to where you want to be on a maturity standpoint, because it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I see that being a big, a big focus is thinking about how we can better interact with our workers. So if, if, you know, if you want to do it from that human and organizational performance mindset, you know, we've done um, quite a bit of what three, two or three podcasts on that. But I think in addition to that, then you start looking at it from kind of the SIF potential and kind of go into that also. So there's, I think there's a couple of avenues to, so think about for that. There's a point you just made there as well about that actually the, the, the safety person is not all about them. Um, and I think, again, you, you think immediately about that, that, that maturity curve. Actually, a, a great thing to reflect on as, as a safety professional is, is actually who do people look to and who do people see as, as the drivers of safety in this organization? And if it's you and it's, maybe just you and a small team of safety people that that you've got that that's a that's a challenge for you because you're really going to struggle to to move up that that curve towards proactive and excellence um so something to be thinking about is right how do how do we start to spread spread the love here how do we start to get get it so that actually more parts of the organization are more independent when it comes to doing safety um Find your champions at all levels. And and that, that's a great thing for, for 2024 is to actually say, right, who, who are the people out there who've got an enthusiasm, who've got a hunger that actually we could make them a champion, yeah? And actually they could start to be that that sort of ambassador for, for safety out there in the, in the broader world. And, and I think start to identify also the jobs that you can start to distribute and delegate so rather than the safety team doing the JHAs, for example, or doing any kind of risk management, actually start to delegate that out. So people do it. The people who are doing the jobs do, do the sort of risk assessments, do the, do the JHAs. And, and that way, hey, you start to empower more people. And people, people actually like being given jobs, don't they? It, it's the crazy thing. You give them jobs, it shows you've got a trust in them. It empowers people. Um but it also builds their knowledge. Um, it makes them more aware. It makes them talk about it. Um, and it and it starts to make it so safety is not 
the thing that is done by the safety professional. It's done by the organisation. And the safety professional is literally is, is the coach. They they go and they, they're checking in and they're they're talking and they're just checking in on things. So I think that that's something you can actively do straight away is just have that self-reflection to say, where are we in terms of that journey? Which which creates, I mean, really, we hit on the, we had a, listeners, we had a mild order of things. But, I mean, it's the Wild West sometimes, but it wasn't an order. But this becomes the last one, really, because it's that driving, and then we'll do SIF in a moment. But it, it makes that thinking about it, how can we make it positive, right? I mean, that's what it is. When you establish better hop mindset, that human organization performance, when you really start establishing that in an organization and and establishing more cadence, establishing better camaraderie, I think you start seeing the mental side coming into it when an organization has a lot of programs, processes that are, you know, maybe they're cumbersome. You start trying to think, how can we really make it positive. And I think everything that we've said has been, you know, you hit it on earlier. Don't be the one in the the high vis vest and the clipboard. Your glasses, you lower them a little bit. I saw that. You know, don't be that. But it's more than just thinking negatively always about health and safety. It's about driving, you know, being visible in a positive light. And I I love finding champions. You know, we whether doing like true consulting or whether thinking about it from a software transition, you know, in relation to that, you always have to find champions. And those are the ones that at all levels, maybe it's a VP that, you know, that can push it. Maybe it's a frontline worker, a mid-level. When you find champions at all levels, you start seeing that more positivity can come and you're empowering the others because they're saying, well, crap, it's not just, Jimmy and Jenny, it's, it's Mr. Johnson, you know, it's all of them. And I think that's when you start really seeing that you can create that positive culture where things become more known, right? Yeah, I think, I think I I talk about creating noise, you've got to almost start to create safety noise. And, um, and, and that's not things crashing into each other, but it's people talking about it, isn't it? It's people talking about safety. Um, and, and making it just more of that day-to-day conversation. So, I mean, we talked before about we, we get into sort of ruts with stuff, don't we? We and, and we settle back into some after COVID. So so one of the classic ruts is that reporting thing of we'll report once a month to senior leadership. So it means senior leadership think about safety once a month and talk about it once a month. And even if they think about it more, if you don't do it, that reflects pretty... That's it. So... So actually, how do we make it so, say in a manufacturing situation, if you have if you have a daily briefing, give people good information so they can talk about safety every day. Yeah, they can talk about, but they can talk about positive things. They're not just talking about incidents. They might talk about inspections that have been done, checks that have been done, hazards that have been resolved. Um, they start to talk about good stuff and positive stuff, and they do it more frequently. Um so I think there's some simple things you can do very quickly that start to change that mindset and that perception. And I think, I think the why question as well is a really, really important one. I've just been thinking as we were talking and, and reflecting on an experience, which was I used to work for a big business and we had a big distribution center. And 
I can remember a couple of times walking in and, and you had to wear a high-vis waistcoat in this in this distribution centre. So even in broad daylight, walking through walking through the, the work area, you've got to wear high-vis. And quite often, I had an office upstairs. I'd come downstairs, forget my high-vis and walk in. And, and there was a particular guy who was a bit of a safety leader and he would just shout at me, put your high-vis on. Um, Jones, go upstairs. Oh yeah, I've is on, and and it's that, but it's that classic. This is pre me sort of really getting involved with safety. It's that classic kind of. Well, he's he's just a pain in the backside, isn't he? He's just all I want to do is walk from here to there. It's broad daylight; anybody can see me. Why do I need to put a high vis jacket on? Particularly with with sort of the the stripes on the reflective stripes that aren't going to work in broad daylight anyway. Um, so. But nobody ever, he, he never came across to me and said, Jules, this is why I'd like you to wear a high-vis jacket or a high-vis waistcoat. Um, and, and quite often, if we explain the why to people, they go, yeah, sure, and, and they do it. But rather than shout or tick boxes, let's let's explain the why. That's quite a simple thing to do, yeah? Yep, I agree. And, and I think our final one, which we don't have to dive, we've hit a lot on it, is really just tying in the focus on SIF. It is becoming more predominant. So serious injury fatalities. We've, you know, incident rates kept going down, but SIFs, and I think well, I, actually putting this then probably made the most sense. It's pretty inherent that the more focus we put on people when we start looking at the behaviors, thinking about preventative, in most cases, you're going to prevent the serious injury fatality. So, I mean, there's a lot to it. Yes, start figuring out how we actually make that criteria for what is even a potential of a serious incident. So it's even going back and thinking, should we reassess some posts? But also, even if you're not at that point, just start thinking, where can we look now to prevent those serious injuries, those serious uh, injuries, fatalities that, that are prevalent in the workplace? And there's, you know, the more... Hopefully what we're seeing is the more champions we get, the more we've really embodied that, I think, health and safety mindset, safe operations, whatever you want to call it. We will start seeing still more serious injuries going down, right? Um, you know, now there's fluke things that can always happen, but I think the more cognizant and prepared that we can be, so we understand if if a failure occurs, we've mitigated it to acceptable levels, we've done whatever, we've we've built in that capacity to manage controls, I think we'll start seeing a better focus for organizations. Cause I think it's going to, that's only going up. Right. And it's how can we, how can we think differently? And if anyone wants to, to, to listen back, to hear some more about this, we did a great pod, didn't we? And I'm, and, and not because of me or you, but it was, it was your buddy who came on, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I mean, you could just sit and listen to Todd for hours, couldn't you? But he's got so much to say about that whole area. So if if anybody wants to hear more about that, go and dig that that episode of the pod out and, and take a listen to it. Yeah, good. And very educational. I think that's something to kind of wrap up. It's, uh, I would encourage, you know, hopefully everything you're seeing, it's, it's very, you know, yeah, we can do the same thing. We can talk about it, but we always talk about the, and what's that gotten? You know, if, if we really think about it, we always talk about, well, chemical management, slip, trip, and falls. I mean, that's, they're always going to happen. So it's the, 
how can we mitigate it? How can we prepare? And just really, I think the more we empower and really get vested in with people, maybe even those things will start cleaning up a little better. So that, that probably brings us to the end of our time. And hopefully it's not been dull and boring. And there's there's we've we've kept the mentions of Hive's apparel to a minimum. Um we've had the printer go off. Um we've talked about Langdon's golf cart. Um but again, what we'll keep doing is we'll keep keep just trying to keep raising that awareness and that that sort of changing the image around health and safety. Um and keep we just keep talking about it and Again, we've still got we've got um, we've got some some more good guests coming up in the in the near future. So, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you got this podcast from, please keep listening, and we will be talking to you again very soon. So, Langton, do you want to sign us out? So, with that, everyone, hope you all have a great day, great week, and stay healthy and safe, and watch each other's back out there. Thanks, everyone. Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days, about your normal lives. Stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>